1: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to a special Wednesday episode of Let's Ride. Why is it special? Because it's the day before the Steelers play. Usually on Wednesdays, I'm sitting here talking about eh, really anything I want as the upcoming game is a couple days away. Still kind of maybe looking back at the game that was. No, no, not this week. Not this week with the Steelers playing on Thanksgiving. We're going to be doing a basically a Friday show, getting you ready for this game, giving you my picks for the whole slate of Week 12 games. I hope you're excited for it. I'm Jeff Hartman, your host here for Let's Ride, this Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. As a part of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and BehindTheSteelCurtain's podcast network, make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Google Play, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, Pandora, Spotify, you name it. Search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain and follow us so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, like I said, this is weird. It's weird in a lot of ways. It's weird because the Steelers are playing on Thursday. Every team has to go through this once a season. The Steelers will be wearing their color rush uniforms as they host the Ravens. That's exciting. They're five and one in those threads, if you want to call it that. Um, But also the fact that there's a lot of uncertainty about this game. At the moment that I'm recording this podcast, what we know right now is that the Baltimore Ravens have been hit pretty hard with COVID-19. And that doesn't mean that players are dying or they're in the hospital. It just means it positive tests. As of right now, they have five total players that have tested positive. We only know as of the time of this being recorded, two players uh, that are actually positive and a third that is a high con- high-risk contact. We'll put it that way. So that's J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, running backs for the Ravens. They tested positive, so they're definitely out this week. Brandon Williams, the nose tackle, who had missed last week's game, he was a high-risk contact, so he's out. Now, and that was on Monday, and news broke, and, and we at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com had that story covered front, back, and inside out. But then on Tuesday, well, news broke again, and that more positive tests are coming out. Now, this is, a, this is the, the, the scary thing. I shouldn't say scary. This is what makes me a little uneasy. What makes me a little uneasy is that this is very reminiscent of the Tennessee Titans situation. And when I say that, it's because right when you thought, okay, as long as they don't have any more positives, they'll be fine. As long as this is it, they'll be fine. We'll be good to go. And every single day, it seemed like here was another article, here was another breaking news podcast. And next thing you know, the game was postponed. Well, the, the NFL has some decision as a decision that they can make. And, and right now, as of again, as of this being recorded, the NFL is planning on having the game on Thanksgiving night, even if the Ravens are without five players. One thing to consider, though, is that they do have the flexibility of postponing the game if they so choose. Could they postpone it to Sunday or to Monday? Yes. Even Tuesday, they've shown they'll do that, too. So since it's a Thursday night game, they do have some flexibility. But boy, you have to think that the Steelers would be so ticked off if they move this game for a lot of reasons. Number one, that the Steelers, who are coming off of a physical game in Jacksonville, not that the Ravens aren't coming off their own physical game against Tennessee at home, but they're starting their prep right away and they're practicing and they're getting guys out there that probably could have used some rest, but maybe, you know, they're trying to get them ready for the game. If they postpone this game, yeah, there's players like Joe Hayden and Juju Smith-Schuster who would benefit from the extended break, but at the same time, I think the the Steelers are probably thinking to themselves, if we can go into Thursday night, have our team ready, win the game, and then we kind of have like a, a little mini a mini bye week, because remember the NFL took away their bye week and they got moved to week four. They didn't take it away; they moved it. Let me let me rephrase that for anyone thinks I'm thinking something different, but still. If they were to move this game to Monday or something of that nature, holy cow, it'd be like another bye week was taken away from it. They would be, uh, it would be infuriating. It would be absolutely infuriating. And so there's a lot of question marks surrounding this game. My hope is that if you're happening to listen to this podcast, say on Wednesday afternoon on your drive home from work, or maybe you're traveling somewhere for Thanksgiving holiday and you're listening to the podcast, my hope is that when you're listening to this, The game is still on. That's my hope. But there is also the chance that tomorrow, Wednesday at some point, they find out there's more positives and they say we got to move the game because the Ravens are getting ready to travel on uh, today, Wednesday. They're getting ready to get on a plane and fly to Pittsburgh. They'll spend the night on uh, uh, over Wednesday night and then they're getting ready for the game on Thursday night. That's typical protocol. So we'll see. The one thing that's really interesting to me No one's really talking about this. Is if this is an outbreak, okay? If this is an outbreak like we saw in Tennessee, then something is off about this situation. Something's off because the NFL had the Ravens, just like the Steelers, in their intensive protocol for at least the last three weeks. Because let's not forget, the last time the Steelers played the Ravens, the day after the game, Monday, Marlon Humphrey, cornerback for the Ravens, tested positive. So not only did the Ravens go into their, you know, the intensive protocol, so did the Steelers, just to be safe. And then after that, for the Steelers, Vance McDonald tested positive. So they stayed in that intensive protocol. And then that, last, that next weekend, the entire NFL was put on the intensive protocol. If this outbreak happens, to me, something was going wrong within the Ravens organization. And it's not funny. I chuckle because I'm thinking to myself, what, what could it have been? Or I'm not saying that the, the organization is at fault, but maybe the players went out of their way and they had get-togethers or something like that. It goes back to what was said at the beginning of the year. Mike Tomlin said it. A bunch of other players said it. It's the team that wins the Super Bowl might just be the most disciplined team off the field. So for, my, for this sake of this podcast, when I am recording this show, because I have to get it out by 5 a.m., the game's still on. Okay, the game's still on. So for me to do all the production, the sound, all that stuff that gets injected into the show, I have to record this on Tuesday. And as of the moment this is being recorded, the game's still on. And so we're going to talk about that game and we're going to talk about you know my picks, which have gotten better, by the way, have gotten better if you've been paying attention. My picks have gotten better and we're going to do a little heart-to-heart to finish out the show. It's basically going to be a Friday show on a Wednesday. And you might be thinking, well, Jeff, what's Friday's show going to be? It's going to be a typical post-game show. It's going to be me talking about the game that was, figuring out what's going on, giving you some winners and losers. That's right, two winners and losers segments in one week because we just did this on Monday after the Jacksonville game. So here we go. Let's talk about this game. The headline of this podcast, the title of this show is It's Time for the Steelers to Deliver the Knockout Punch. The knockout punch. You know, it's funny. I said this all offseason. All offseason. And I've said it on podcasts before. A lot of people laugh at me. But since the AFC North was created, okay, back in the early 2000s, no team has ever won the division three times in a row. Not the Bengals back with Carson Palmer. Not the Steelers in the early Ben Roethlisberger era. Not the Ravens with Joe Flacco. And it looks like after Lamar Jackson has won them the division in the last two years, doesn't look like it's going to happen again. So the Pittsburgh Steelers have an opportunity on Thursday night. They can go into they can go stay a hey, Heinz field, go into Heinz Field. They can go into Heinz Field and deliver a knockout punch to the Baltimore Ravens. And I mean in so many different ways. When you think about it, look at the AFC North division rankings as we sit here right now. Pittsburgh Steelers are 10-0. and 0. They have a stronghold on the division. Next, the Cleveland Browns are 7-3. and 3. That's right, in case you didn't know that, the Cleveland Browns leapfrog the Ravens in the division standings. But that 7-3 and 3 is a 3.5 game, essentially, lead because the Steelers beat the Browns earlier this season. They do play again, but not until Week 17, and the hope is, the hope is that that game means nothing. Baltimore six and four, four and a half game lead difference. If they lose this game, if they lose this game in week 12, Thanksgiving night, in terms of their division race, stick a fork in them. Stick a fork in them, period. The Steelers are just going to say, done. You're done. And that's fine. Hey, I think that's great. I think that's phenomenal. Here's what the Steelers need to do, though. To me, when you look at the fact that J.K. Dobbins is out, you look at the fact that Mark Ingram is out, this, that, and the other, it always comes down to, and always will come down to one player. One guy. Not the defense, not John Harbaugh, not Tucker the kicker. It's Lamar Jackson. It's Lamar Jackson. That's what these games come down to. And that's not breaking news. I'm not uncovering this mystery of the NFL. Everyone knows that you have to stop Lamar Jackson or you're going to lose. Period. You're going to lose. Period. I found a couple interesting things. So, first and foremost, I was looking at the Ravens' numbers, was just looking at generalities, I was looking at specifics. I didn't realize this. The Ravens are 4-0 on the road this year. Haven't lost a game away from M&T Bank Stadium yet. That's really interesting because normally they're very good at home. However, I decided I could talk about season stats and I could look up, you know, I did this earlier in the earlier game about how Lamar Jackson leading into that last matchup against the Steelers had only thrown for over 200 yards two times in the season. But I'm not going to do that. I wanted to focus on the three games that they've played since the last time they played Pittsburgh, where is this team trending? And more importantly, where is Lamar Jackson trending? That's what I want to know. Where's Lamar Jackson trending as we go into this game on a short week without two of his running backs. Now, I can't tell you exactly what's going to happen when he, without Dobbins and without Ingram. Why? Because I don't know what that's going to look like. No one really knows what that's going to look like. Yeah, Ingram didn't play in the last game. He had an ankle injury. And Dobbins had a great game, rushed over 100 yards against Pittsburgh in that last matchup at m Bank Stadium. But no one knows how this is going to affect Lamar Jackson. But let's go back and take a look. So the game after Pittsburgh, they traveled to Indianapolis, and they went 24-10. to And that was a defensive game for the Ravens. They scored some points on defense. Lamar Jackson went 19 of 23 for 170 yards passing, no touchdowns, no interceptions. He did have 13 carries for 58 yards and one rushing touchdown. Okay. So they win that game. Then they go on a losing streak. Then they go to new England, Sunday night football, and they lose 23 to 17 in horrible conditions. But even in those conditions, Jackson, who had to throw the, throw the, throw the ball to win. 24 for 34, 249 yards, throws for two touchdowns, does throw an interception, has 11 carries for 55 yards. Now, in both of those two games, the Indy game and the New England game, Lamar Jackson was the Ravens' leading rusher. Let's keep that in mind. At 58 yards against Indy and 55 yards against New England, the leading rusher. All right. Then they go back to M&T Bank in Baltimore, Maryland, and they host the Tennessee Titans. Now, we know they lose this game 30 to 24 in overtime. Derrick Henry with the game winning run in overtime for the win. Lamar Jackson finishes 17 of 29 for 186 yards. He threw one touchdown and had one interception, 13 carries, 57 yards. Now, he was not the leading rusher on that day. That was J.K. Dobbins. So let's look at this from an average standpoint. Again, you can look at the whole season if you want, and that's fine. But this is a division game on a short week. To me, it's who's playing best right now? Who is playing their best football right now? Like, that's the question. So, during this three game stretch, in between, there's that sandwiched in between these two Pittsburgh Baltimore games. Ugh, excuse me. They are one and two. Okay. One and two. Lamar Jackson is averaging 28 attempts in those games for 201 yards and he has only thrown four this is actually surprising here he's only thrown three touchdowns in those games he's only thrown three touchdowns in those games he's thrown uh, two interceptions now running the ball he's averaging 12.3 carries a game he's averaging 54.6 yards on the ground and he scored one rushing touchdown what's really interesting though is that i think that these numbers, especially the carries, are going to go up. They're going to go up. They have to go up. Without Ingram, without Dobbins, yeah, they're going to have Hill, and they're going to have Edwards, but at the same time, these numbers have to go up. There's no way that anyone would tell me that these numbers are not going to increase, and I mean carries and attempts. They're they're going to have to if they want to win on Thursday night. Here, let's go continue with the averages. <clears throat> offense. For the Ravens is averaging 21.6 points per game in this three game stretch. The defense is giving up 21 points per game on average during this stretch. The 21 points is pretty much, it's right around their, their season average defensively. 21.6 is low for the Ravens offense. I'll tell you what, when it comes to where they're trending, I th- <laughs> This is one of those situations. I ran into this a couple weeks ago. This is one of those situations where you go and do some digging into stats, and you think you're going to find this narrative, and you think you're going to find... the Baltimore Ravens are literally like a roller coaster. You have no clue what you're going to get. No clue. You know, you look at the game against Indy; they score 24 points. Yeah, the defense contributed, uh, but Lamar Jackson throws for 170, no touchdowns, has 58 yards in a rushing touchdown, and then. You go to the next game against New England, he throws for 249 and two touchdowns. You just don't know. You just don't know. But you know what? There are some telltale signs in this game uh, in regards to how this game is going to play out that I I, I I feel really good about my pick. I feel really good about my pick. And that's what's coming up. After this break, we'll talk about picks and a little heart-to-heart. Stay with us.
0: back.
1: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, here, and we are getting ready to do our game picks. It's hard to believe it's Wednesday, and we have a full slate of games on Thursday. I normally don't give you the Thursday game because my picks are usually on Friday, and so when they're on Friday, the Thursday game's already happened. So, But we're going to talk about the entire slate of Thanksgiving Day games, go through the entire slate for Sunday. It's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, my picks have gotten better. They have gotten better, believe it or not. Um, I've either been tied for or the best amongst our staff the last two weeks. It's been impressive. So are you ready for some picks? I'm ready for some picks. Here we go. Let me find that tape. All right. Here we go. Boom. All right. We start off on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, 1230 p.m. The Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions In Detroit, obviously, the Houston Texans are giving two and a half points. The Texans are coming off a big win against the New England Patriots. The Detroit Lions just got shut out by the Carolina Panthers. I like the Texans. I feel like Deshaun Watson, they're starting to figure things out. He's getting more, he's given more ownership to the offense and to the team itself. I think that they find a way to win. I'm going to take the Texans, even on the road, giving two and a half. The over under set at 51 and a half. I'll take the over. Then, at the 4:30 game, the Washington football team, this is a big NFC East game, it's the NFC least, I should say, the Washington football team travels to Dallas to play the Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are actually giving three points. I know Alex Smith is a great story. I know that they're an up-and-coming team. They have a lot of really good young players in Washington. But with Andy Dalton, if he's back playing the way that he did coming off the bye week, where they won the game last week against... The Minnesota Vikings. I like Dallas giving three points. Take the Cowboys giving three at home. And I'll take the under of 46 points. 46 points. Now, the Baltimore Pittsburgh game, we'll get back to that. Let's go to our Sunday games, 1 o'clock. The LA Chargers are going to the Buffalo Bills. This should be a very fun game to watch. The Chargers are getting five and a half. You ask me? Take the Chargers getting five and a half. I'm not sure they're going to win the game. Buffalo's coming off a bye but I like Herbert to keep it close. Over-under set at 54.5, folks, this could be a high-scoring affair. I say take the over. The Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, Duval County. The Jaguars have lost nine games in a row. The Cleveland Browns are 7-3 and three and looking like a playoff team. This is the game where the Browns will typically stumble and fall on their faces. The Browns' offense has been nothing more than Nick Chubb for the, I don't know, last three or four games since he's returned, I think the Browns are going to win the game, but the Jacksonville Jaguars are getting six and a half at home. I think it's going to be closer than you think. I'm not sure if Gardner Minshew is going to be back or if it's going to be Jake Luton again. I'll take the Jaguars giving six and a half. The over-under set at 48 and a half. Take the under because Cleveland and Jacksonville, neither can really score a lot of points. Take the under at 48 and a half. I'm sorry, 48 and a half. The Tennessee Titans, this could be the game of the week. The Tennessee Titans go to the Indianapolis Colts. It's their second meeting. The Titans are coming off of that huge win against Baltimore. The Colts are coming off a win over Green Bay. Both teams are 7-3. Huge AFC South game. Tennessee is actually getting 3.5 on the road. I like the Tennessee Titans. I think they're a tough team. Their defense is coming into its own. Derrick Henry is tough. The Indianapolis Colts defense is good, but I will take the Titans getting points on the road in a divisional matchup. The over-under is set at 51 Take the over. The New York Giants come off their bye week. They go to the Cincinnati Bengals. This could have been a really important game to watch. But Joe Burrow is done for the year. He's got that ACL, MCL structural damage in his knee. He's done. He might even miss the beginning portions of next season. But the New York Giants are riding high, and they've got to keep pace in the NFC Least. The New York Giants are giving five on the road. I say take the Giants, Daniel Jones, and that team. Joe Judge seems to have them going in the right direction at least. But the over-under set at 42, take the under. The Miami Dolphins, who had their winning streak snapped last week in Denver, they go to the New York Jets. The Jets haven't won a game yet. I don't think they're going to win a game. Anytime soon, at least the Miami Dolphins. Tua is still their quarterback. They're giving a touchdown, seven points on the road in New York at MetLife Stadium. I like the Dolphins at one o'clock on Sunday to cover that seven-point spread. Over/under set at 44. Take the over. Sticking with the one o'clock slate, the Las Vegas Raiders go across country. The Raiders are coming off of that loss, which I thought was a really tough loss for them against Kansas City on, excuse me, Sunday Night Football. The Raiders are giving three. On the road, Atlanta, such an up-and-down team, roller coaster ride that they are. I'm going to take the Raiders, though, on the road, giving three. I think they find a way to win. Vegas' defense is is definitely suspect, but I think their offense is good enough to put up some points, which means over-under set at 55, take the over. The Carolina Panthers, the Minnesota Vikings are going head-to-head. Teddy Bridgewater should be back, but the Panthers looked pretty good last week without him. The Minnesota Vikings are giving four-and-a-half. I feel like they rebound in this game at home against Carolina. Thielen's not going to be playing because he was put on the COVID list. I still think the Vikings find a way to win. If Dalvin Cook's healthy, I really like him. Minnesota's giving 4.5. Take the Vikings, giving points. The over-under, 48.5. Take the over. Arizona Cardinals go across country for a 1 o'clock start. That's a tough spot for them. They're giving 2.5 in New England to play the Patriots. I don't know what it is about Kyler Murray in this in this team, but they're so much they're, they're fun to watch, but I think they're also a tough out. I like the Cardinals getting two and a half on the road against New England. Over-under set at 49.5. There's something about me that says this is a bad pick, but I'm gonna go with my gut. I like Arizona to go into New England and find a way to win, at least by a field goal, Arizona giving two and a half under 49.5. Now we go to the 405 slate, the San Francisco 49ers going to the LA Rams. The Rams coming off as of a big win on Monday Night Football against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Rams are giving 7.5. The over unders at 46.5. The offense I saw from the Rams on Monday Night Football was better than any other Rams offense I've seen since they were in the Super Bowl. Uh, and the San Francisco 49ers are a mess. I like the Rams to win and cover that 7.5 spread. over under set at 46.5. Take the under because the 49ers are not going to score a lot of points. At 4.05, the Saints go to Denver. This is another game. Something tells me. I'm not sure what's up. But Taysom Hill, everyone's talking about him and how great they are. Let's see if he can take his show on the road. Denver is a really tough team to beat. It's just not an easy place to play at mile high. The Saints are an indoor team going up to mile high. Who knows what the weather's going to be like. Drew Law. if you're a Broncos fan, this guy, he never gives up. I'll give him that. I actually like the Broncos. I don't think they're going to win it straight up, but I think they're going to keep it close. I like the Broncos getting five and a half here. Over under set at 44. I'll take the over. 425. This should be a nationally televised game. The Chiefs go down to Tampa Bay. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, they were embarrassed on Monday Night Football. Brady looked bad in a lot of of spots. Mahomes, they're coming off of that big primetime win. The Chiefs are only giving three on the road. I like that. This screams, take the Chiefs. I like the Chiefs. Over under set at 53. I'll take the over. I think this could be a high-scoring affair. Sunday Night Football, the Chicago Bears go to the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers and company are coming off of that weird loss to the Indianapolis Colts where they kind of botched the the end of the game. The Green Bay Packers are giving 9. I'm not sold on the Chicago Bears at all. The Packers are at home. I like the Green Bay Packers giving 9. Over-under set at 45, take the under. Monday Night Football, the Seattle Seahawks, Philadelphia Eagles. Seattle goes across country. It's different when you're playing at night. It's different when you're playing on Monday night. I think the Seattle Seahawks, who are giving 5.5, do plenty of damage to that Philadelphia team. Philadelphia's offense and Carson Wentz look lost. They look awful. You have to ask yourself, what in the world happened with this team that was in the Super Bowl just a few years ago? I like Seattle to cover that 5.5 spread. Over-under set at 51. Take the over. Okay, folks, the game that everyone wants to talk about. Why? Because you're all Pittsburgh Steelers fans listening to this. The Pittsburgh Steelers at home are giving four points. Some spreads might have it at four and a half. I had this locked in at four. The question is, will the Steelers cover? Will they cover? I definitely like the Steelers to win this game. But will this be one of those few instances where the game is not as close? It's tough to tell. It's tough to tell if, guy like, if a guy like Calais Campbell is going to be playing. It's tough to tell who are the other players that tested positive for Baltimore. At the time that this is being recorded, they don't we don't know that. It's tough to tell how the Steelers are gonna look if Joe Hayden or Juju Smith Schuster can't play. It's there's so many inconsistencies in this game and playing on a short week, but you know what? The team that's playing at home always has the advantage on these Thursday night games. This is a Thanksgiving game. Tomlin is 1-1 one one in his career on Thanksgiving. They beat the Indianapolis Colts a few years ago. Remember the loss to Baltimore? Uh, I think it was in 2013. Uh, they lost by two points. That was the famous Jacoby Jones-Tomlins stepping onto the field uh, game. I don't know. There's something about this game that makes me think that the, the Steelers are going to actually win it. It's going to be a higher scoring affair than people might think. And I think that they might win it a little bit more hand- They might win it kind of handily. I just don't know about the health of some of these guys. Patrick Queens banged up. We'll see. I like the Steelers not only giving four. I like the Steelers in the over of 45. Take the over. Steelers giving four. Yeah, take that to the bank. I like the Steelers to win this game 33-24. to 33 to 24 folks you might look at me and say jeff you're off your block there's no way that happens and i could be wrong but i like the steelers to win this game 33 to 24 there you have that and there's my picks thank you i hope you all enjoyed those we'll see there were some tough picks in this this week really tough picks but you know what let's talk a little bit about thanksgiving Let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving. I love Thanksgiving. Always love Thanksgiving because Thanksgiving and football, well, they're just synonymous with one another. I'll never forget. It was probably, I'm trying to think if my son was born. It's been at least at least 10 years when we went back to my hometown of Wheeling, West Virginia, and my brother and I coerced our family into doing, well, we actually had a couple families together to having a turkey bowl. And man, was it a blast. It was flag football. We weren't tackling each other. But I think there were injuries that were, that might still be talked about to this day. Hamstrings pulled, lower back, you know, tweaked. It's, oh my gosh, it was hysterical. It was fun. It was a blast just getting out there and throwing the pigskin around and and having a ball. Um, Thanksgiving and the Steelers are not always a good mix though. I think we can all remember the famous Detroit Lions game. That was an early game. And I never forget, you know, but my mom and my aunts are all up in the kitchen and they're they're cooking and they're getting everything ready. All the guys are downstairs watching and Jerome Bettis and overtime, you know, heads or tails. And obviously they, they botched the call. I'll never forget coming up the steps. You know, my mom says, all right, dinner's ready. Let's go. And we come up and she looks at us and says, did they win? And my father looks at my mom and says, what do you think? <laughs> It was probably the quietest Thanksgiving dinner that our family has ever had. We just sat there in stunned silence. We were literally like, did that really just happen? Did that really just happen? I could, we couldn't believe it. We could not believe it. And then you go to the 2013 game and that was awful to watch because I'll never forget Emmanuel Sanders who drops the two point conversion, which would have tied the game uh, it was that, was, that game was awful, awful. now they did rebound and win in, against Indianapolis. And that sh- that should have been an easier win than what it was, but they went on Indianapolis. Uh, the, I think that this team, this Steelers team has a lot going for them. I love the color rush uniforms. They're going to be wearing, uh, the last time they played the Ravens on a holiday was on Christmas. That was the immaculate extension. I hope it doesn't come down to that, but still Thanksgiving and football, you can't go wrong. I know this is a weird year for a lot of people. You may be you may be spending time with family. You may be spending time by yourself or just with your own immediate family. And that's completely your prerogative. Um, I myself, I will be seeing some family, uh, some family I haven't seen since March. Or I'm sorry, since February. Even worse. I haven't seen my brother since February. And so I'm going to get to see my brother for the first time in a long time. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to watch the Steelers together. I don't get to spend a lot of football games with my dad and my brother anymore. Uh, just proximity and family and things like that. I'm going to treasure this time. And I hope that you treasure your time, wherever it is, even if you're watching the game virtually prop up an iPad, uh, and have your, you know, have a FaceTime call going, do whatever you got to do, do whatever you have to do for so many reasons, because we, we need to be thankful for what we have. We need to be thankful that we're all experiencing history here with the Pittsburgh Steelers being ten to zero to start the year. It's going to be a great day, win, lose or draw. I'm going to enjoy just being around, being around my family. It's it's something that we do. I, I certainly did take it for granted up until 2020 for sure. So I hope you don't take it for granted either. I hope that you have a great Thanksgiving. Make sure that you check out myself, Brian Anthony Davis, and Dave Schofield after the game for our post game podcast. Um, it's going to be crazy and I'm not sure where I'm going to be doing the podcast from, um, uh, in, in regards to which part of the house I'll be in. So it'll be interesting in that regard, but nonetheless, make sure you check that out. I'll be back on Friday after the game for another let's ride episode, folks. I can't stress it enough. Make sure you're checking out behind the should be your one-stop shop for all things. Steelers, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us. So you don't miss a thing. Be safe. Be kind to each other. And God bless. God bless everyone on this Thanksgiving day and lead up to Thanksgiving be safe out there, alright? We'll see you on Friday. Joe Steelers. We go.